There are three incredible words in the Bible. In the beginning, and then also, if my people. That's what we're going to discuss today in this episode 43 of the Bryce Harper Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. A good start in visions and end result. This is Bryce Harper. And I want to discuss those three amazing words. Right, We know the three amazing words from, the, from Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning. There's also these other three very, very powerful words. If my people. If my people. And I want to talk to you from this concept and th- this thought, this idea of all in. Our teaching pastor here at Family Worship Center gave an incredible message on the very first day of the year. Of being all in, whatever it is in your life and your marriage or in, in a new relationship that could be um, the person God wants you to spend the rest of your life with and maybe you're in college, wherever you're at in life, what does that mean for you to be all in? And especially as it pertains to your spiritual walk, what does that really look like to be all in? There's something very profound about this thought of if my people. Just this month, Monday night football, Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals. If you're unaware, most of you are aware, whether you want to be aware of it or not, because it's just been all over social media and news outlets. DeMar Hamlin made a routine tackle and then fell out with a cardiac arrest. So much so, and and he was such in dire condition that the medical staff there on the field had to give him CPR, and he was in critical care. And great news is he was discharged a week later and going to make a recovery from this very, very intense situation. But in all of this, This whole time that DeMar Hamlin was in critical care, a nation was praying. People were praying. And the words were our prayers. Or it was, you kept hearing, we are continuing to pray. We are praying and our prayers are with you. And these were the statements across national networks from different beliefs and political stance and cultural backgrounds and histories, everybody's words were our prayers, we're continuing to pray, we're praying, so much so that Dan Orlovsky for ESPN prayed on national television. Didn't just say we are praying, but we're going to pray right now. And he said, and he said a very real good prayer. If my people, and it's interesting watching all this transpire, especially as a pastor, when we pray, prayer really does unite us. Prayer, prayer works, as we have seen. There's no other way around it. When, when it was unsure what was going to happen to Damar Hamlin, we prayed. And something happened, and something good happened. So prayer unites us, prayer works for us, and prayer changes us. 
in all of this, we have all been changed that have witnessed this. People from all different walks of life have been changed. And, and prayer has been something that has been in the fabric of our spiritual arena of life since the beginning of time. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Um, if you look throughout the Old Testament, in Genesis chapter 4, 15, and 16, there was this phrase you, you see of calling on the name of the Lord. In Exodus, we see Moses praying for 40 days. Samuel, we see Samuel interceding and praying. Solomon the Psalms are full of praise and prayers, prayers of repentance, vindication, deliverance, protection. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Nehemiah were men of prayer. And because of their prayers, they received instructions for God's people. Daniel is, is really one of the greatest examples of prayer in the Old Testament. He, he prays three times a day, we see there, and... He was prepared to even die because of his prayer life. Ezra encouraged prayer and fasting. Jonah was in the belly of a well, so uh, it's obvious he was probably praying. Uh, Habakkuk uh, is entirely composed of his own prayers. In the New Testament, the cornerstone of the New Testament and all of the Bible is the life of Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, in the life of Jesus and his teaching, the cornerstone of, of his life and his teaching was prayer. We see that Jesus, throughout the Gospels, he often withdrew to places of prayer. He prayed and, and the Holy Spirit descended on him at, at his water baptism. He spent whole nights in prayer. He went to the hills to pray. He prayed with his disciples. He prayed and his appearance changed. He prayed and then taught his disciples to pray. And in John chapter 17, is seen, he's seen praying this high priestly prayer for all of his followers. He, he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed dying on the cross. The early church in Acts, we, we see, are, are praying. And, and God adding to their numbers and God doing miracles. The first miracle in the church, of the church, was when Peter and John were on their way to a prayer meeting. Paul, the Apostle Paul, taught and showed thoroughly the faithfulness of being of being faithful to prayer. In our, in our necessity to do the same, um, the Apostle Paul is seen asking for those to be praying for him. Peter reminds us uh, to continue to pray and that God is attentive to the prayers of the righteous. Jude suggests that we pray to build up our, our faith. In Revelation, we see the power of the prayer of the saints. Um, the truth is, though, prayer, as much as we see it throughout the Old Testament, New Testament, throughout from Genesis to Revelations, the truth is, prayer to us is is, is just a side item. It, prayer has become spiritual nine one one. Prayer has become the thing we do when we tried everything else. Prayer has become a footnote rather than the subject of content. Uh, prayer has been seen as unproductive. Prayer has been something we do at church or at a nice dinner or maybe at a funeral or at a wedding. Prayer has been seen as something that does not matter. 
But the truth is, prayer is and should be our priority and main focus. Prayer is about being proactive rather than reactive. Prayer is the first thing we should do before anything. Uh, Prayer should be the main subject of action. Prayer is the most productive thing we can do. Prayer is what we do leading up to every big event in life. Prayer is what really matters most. And Professor David Campbell of Theos University says it like this, prayer is divine sovereignty and human responsibility. I say it like this, prayer is not about us getting God in on what we're doing, but rather us getting in on what God is doing. I've noticed this in my life that prayer has done these three things. Just just as from me personally. Prayer illuminates the word of God. There are times where I am reading scripture and things that I have read over and over and over and over again. But in a moment of prayer from the Holy Spirit, there is just this illumination where I can read a passage I've read a thousand times and something just lights, something just jumps off the page and, and, and embeds into my heart. And so I go, man, so prayer illuminates. Prayer brings focus. So these three things, prayer, number one, illuminates the word of God. That word illuminate, that's what prayer does. Prayer also focuses on what matters most. So in a moment like that, there is this focus that this is a key, that this is critical, that this is this is what I need to bring my attention to. And then thirdly, prayer opens. It opens our soul to receive from God. So it illuminates, it brings that focus, and then there's that my life being receptive to the word of God. And if you're going to talk about prayer, you got to talk about Luke chapter 11 verse 1 where, where Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. The Bible says one in, in Luke 11 verse 1, once Jesus was in a certain place. I want to give you just so here's here's seven things we'll we'll unpack here. Number one, there was a certain place. There should be this certain place that you pray. Now, obviously, you can pray anywhere, anytime. But there should be also a certain place that you pray. And once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came and said, Lord, teach us to pray. You know, they could have asked him for anything, right? They could have asked him how to heal, how to preach, how to live with integrity, how to strategize, how to expand, how to have influence, um, how to take care of yourself, how to love your spouse. There's all kind of things they could have asked him. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. If there's anything we should be asking God for, And we ask him for a lot of things. We ask him for peace. We ask him for joy. We ask him for blessing. We ask him for provision. We ask him for his glory. We ask him um, to just do these certain things. But we should be asking him, teach us how to pray. And this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Verse 2, Father, may your name be kept holy. So there should be a place and there should be a position, number two, position or posture 
that he is our father. Other, other translations say it better than the New Living Translation here, and that is he is our father, and he's holy. He is set apart. He's different. So this isn't about my father or your father. This is about our father. This is our faith. This is our belief. This is our God. And then he goes on to say, may your kingdom come soon. So the third thing would be sovereignty. That this is not about the kingdom of man. This is not about the government of the United States. This is about the government or kingdoms of the world. But this is about the kingdom of God. That his kingdom would come soon. That his rulership would come quickly. And then in verse 3, give us each day the food we need. So there's a place, there's a position, there's sovereignty, and then there's sustenance. Number four, sustenance. Give us each day the food we need. Whatever we have for today, would you provide for us today? And a lot of us are struggling with our 401ks looking like 201ks during all the craziness of this administration and this economy and all these kind of things. But we should be thankful for what God has given us today. And anything more than today is overflow. And then in verse 4, it says, forgive us, Jesus says, and forgive us our sins. So number five, there's repentance. Repentance is for the immature and the mature in Christ. Repentance is for the sinner and the saint. Repentance in scripture, the word there. And the Greek is metanoia. I was taught this in college and being a part of Chosen and Karen Wheat Ministries. Is met, and metanoia, that word for repentance, means a changed mind or a, a change in thinking. And so when we repent, we're not just saying we're sorry, but our thinking has changed. And when your thinking has changed about the sin that you have committed, the wrong that you've done, then it's easy to move on from it. It's not enough just to say you're sorry about what you've did, but there has to be a, a change in thinking that, man, I don't, I don't want to be that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to say that. I don't want to act like that. I don't want to respond that way. I don't want to treat people that way. I don't want to be dishonorable. I don't want to be dis. All the things that we that God speaks to us to say that we know we missed the mark and we didn't we weren't living in accordance to God's will for our life. When our mind has been changed, then that's when our that's when we begin to do differently and act differently. And so repentance is not about just saying you're sorry, but it is about a change mindset about a situation. And the Bible goes on to tell us in Romans, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. It is the goodness of God that leads us into a changed way of thinking. The goodness of God changes our mind. And then in verse 4, as we forgive those who sin against us. So number 5 is repentance. Number six is forgiveness. If we cannot forgive others, it is because we have forgotten what we have been forgiven of by God. Then Jesus continues, and don't let us yield to temptation, but deliver us from evil. So the last thing is deliverance. So lean not on your own strength and intellect, but God's might and wisdom. 
Proverbs chapter 3 helps us a lot with all of this, I think, verses 1 through 6. My child, never forget the things I've taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you'll find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. So there was a number. Let's go through these again real quickly. There's a place, position, sovereignty, sustenance, repentance, forgiveness, and deliverance. All these things we see very quickly, and so many other things we can pull out of Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. And right now at our church that I have the honor and joy of pastoring Family Worship Center in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, we are currently right now uh, in January of 2023, whenever you're listening to this, but right now in January, we're right now in, in a time of prayer and fasting. And fasting is something that should become a part of our life. Um, should be a lifestyle. It should be just moments and times of fasting. Now, can I be just very honest? Fasting is good. Eating is better. And that's just the truth. Um, if you're maybe doing a fast and you're just eating fruits and veggies, and if you're like me, you love a good cheeseburger and a steak and carbs and things like that, you know um, a bone and ribeye is better than a salad. It just is. Uh, it's not up for debate. It just is. Um, but the truth is fasting is in the Bible and, um, Paul fasted, Jesus fasted. Um, we see Moses fasting and what's amazing about fasting is it allows us to stop catering to our flesh and cater to our spirit. And that's something we should do. And it's also, I mean, there's health benefits as well physically, but spiritually, where we live here in Murfreesboro, man, there is a, there is so many different amazing places to eat that any given moment I can just cater to just my flesh. Man, I'm, I'm feeling hibachi. I'm feeling um, a good burger. I'm feeling for a steak. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling for some sushi. I can just go do, do that. And there are many times that we should have that same kind of tenacity and that and that quick response to our spirit. Man my, man, my spirit needs peace. Man, my spirit needs joy. My spirit needs the righteousness of God. My spirit and my soul, um, my emotional and mental health needs to be strengthened. And so we got to cater to that. How do you do that? You do that by uh, abstaining from some of those fleshly desires and begin to meet the spiritual desires and demands of your body. And, um, and, and in a world of cameras and, and entertainment and, you know, everything is digitized and there's screens and metaverse and lights and, and we're just oversynthesized and just overstimulated. It's really important to quiet all those things, mute all those things, turn all those things off and in, in, in a modern society, um, become a little bit like a monk. And say, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull away. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get out in nature. I'm going to connect with God, and and in that we regain our sensitivity to the things of God uh, when we pray and when we fast. And I would say before any big decision you ever make or anything, whether it's 
you know, maybe you're dating somebody you want, you know, you're thinking that this person could be the person you spend the rest of your life with, whether it's taking a job or moving or buying a house or making a big purchase or, you know, parenting your child through a difficult situation, there, there should be prayer and fasting involved. And that can look like a number of different ways. That's something you have to go to scripture and go to God and maybe go to your pastor and say, what should I do in this situation? What is your advice? What is your guidance? Um, and um, God, will, God will show you. God will give you wisdom and, and um, just be obedient to that. And so I thank you for tuning in and listening. I hope this has been a blessing to you. And um, don't, ever, don't ever forget a good start envisions the end result.